Runs it back. 40. 45. 50. He's off to the races. Down the left sideline. To the 15. 10. 5. Touchdown. Aaron Jones. Oh, what a play. This is the Quick Slants Podcast. Welcome back, Packers fans, to the Quick Slants Podcast, a game on Wisconsin. I promised you a second edition. There may be a third, a fourth, and a fifth edition before this game happens on Sunday. But for now, it is edition number two. Hope you enjoyed the first one, which, as I said, was nothing but a gloat session about the Packers being in another NFC Championship game and being in a situation where, frankly, they should and have to win this game. On Sunday, I am Jason Perrone of Game On Wisconsin, Pulse of the Pack podcast, and the Pack a Day podcast. And I have got a guest again, two weeks in a row, the overlord of Game On Wisconsin, none other than the beard, Jake West. <laughs> well, it's not gray yet, so the beard and the soon to be 30 years old this year, Jacob Westendorf. What's going on, my man? Yeah, man, less than uh, eight months now. We're past that time frame, so that's a good feeling. Uh, the playoff beard is, this isn't a video show, but you know, if you guys can see me or have seen me this week, it's coming in nicely, uh, and I'm hoping that I don't have to shave for another three weeks or so because I the, the ritual started in 2010 with my friend who, oddly enough, is named Brad Jones. Uh, we made the pact after they clinched the playoff berth after beating Chicago, and every year since then, I've grown a playoff beard from the day the Packers clinched the playoff berth to the day they either win the Super Bowl or, unfortunately, in the last 10 years have been eliminated. So this year, I started growing the beard on uh, December 13th when they clinched the NFC North by beating the Detroit Lions. And so about a month and a half or a month and a week's worth of growth here. And I'm hoping for a few more weeks. So it's a nice feeling uh, to be able to still do this and uh, put together our, our first ever NFC championship preview on this podcast. So that's a good feeling too. We are one for one in terms of our website existing and the Packers being in the conference championship. And we're hoping to make it one for one in another way, two weeks after that. But yes, does that, does that include the neck beard as well? Are you going like full no. Andrew Luck? No, that goes. Uh, I do have to still look professional at work. So then I cannot look like Kyle Orton and be like a homeless person at work. Uh, you're not. Kyle Orton might be the next worst name to mention on this show besides Dingling McGee. So those of you who don't know who Dingling McGee is, uh, we'll talk about that later. He wore DM Donald you. Driver's number and played tight end. Just, there you go. There's your clues. There's a little clue there for sure. So obviously a lot to talk about. The Packers are, are heading to the NFC Championship game and we're just a few days away, but some unfortunate news hit the airwaves today, recording on Thursday. We learned earlier this afternoon that former Packers general manager Ted Thompson passed away Wednesday night at the young age of 68. In fact, had just turned 68 a few days prior. And it's been, well, we were all surprised by the news. We No one had any inkling that, this was coming and it's really been an outpouring of love and admiration for the man who helped get this team back to glory after it had frankly waned in the, the early to mid not mid two thousands, you know, and uh, kind of a cool thing. Hone bridge in Milwaukee is currently lit up green and gold. 
as a tribute to Ted Thompson, which is which is really cool to see. I mean, no no shortage of love from the Packers organization. The team account tweeted out Instagram. A lot of players have have tweeted out their thoughts. So, Jake, just off the top of my head, and I guess just these were just some some things that Ted Thompson did. So since Ted's arrival to the Packers, back to the Packers, because he was with Green Bay from 1992 to 2000, then he was with Seattle for a, a stint. He was hired as general manager in 2005. Those duties were taken away from Mike Sherman so he could focus on coaching. Thank so he was a head coach. God. Thank God. He was a head coach, VP of uh, football operations, and a general manager, which is surprising when you consider – all of the guys that have coached in Green Bay over the past 30 years, he was probably the last one you would want to give those those titles to. But Mike Sherman did win some games, and they did some decent things there too. But Ted Thompson, since arriving in 2005, Jake, I'm just going to go right, right down the list here. Drafted Aaron Rodgers, drafted Nick Collins, hired Mike McCarthy, drafted Greg Jennings, signed Charles Woodson, signed Ryan Pickett, drafted James Jones, found Tremont Williams. More on Tremont later. Drafted Mason Crosby, drafted Jordy Nelson in the second round, traded Brett Favre in 2008 and transitioned to Aaron Rodgers as the starting quarterback, despite Favre still wanting to play in the league. Moved back into the first round, drafted Clay Matthews in 2009, found Sam Shields, won a Super Bowl in 2010, 10 years ago. His team appeared in two more NFC Championship games after that, 2014, 2016. Ted drafted David Bakhtiari, drafted Devontae Adams, Corey Lindsley, signed Julius Peppers. He helped Brett Favre return to Green Bay and make nice with the Green Bay faithful and enter the Packers Hall of Fame and the Packers Ring of Honor at Lambeau Field. He drafted Kenny Clark, and in his last draft as general manager, he drafted Kevin King, Aaron Jones, and Jamal Williams. Jake, I probably forgot a few things along the way there, but those seem like some of the biggest highlights. What are your thoughts as I'm reading that list? He's a legend, a Packers Hall of Famer, no question about that. And you look at the situation he came into, you mentioned Mike Sherman. It's still crazy to me to think that, you know, just what, three years prior to Sherman becoming the general manager, Mike Holmgren tried to do a power play and basically say he wanted that job. And Ron Wolf told him no, partially because he wasn't ready to retire yet. But then two years later, gives that job to Mike Sherman, who frankly wasn't that good of a coach and was even worse of a general manager. I will save the uh, verbal barbs towards Mike Sherman for Mark Eckel, friend of the show here. But that's kind of his thing. But Sherman, I don't have a whole lot of good things to say about him. Thompson comes in and everybody points out that his first season, they go four and 12 and he got that team and everything like that, but he had to, you know, when he came into this team that they were in salary cap, hell, their roster was horrible and he really had to rebuild it from the ground up and did it relatively quickly. You know, they had the four and 12 season. They went eight and eight the following year and played for the conference championship in Ted's third season as the general manager. And I think you mentioned it right away and everybody will point to this and deservedly. So his first ever pick, was Aaron Rodgers, maybe the greatest quarterback of all time, a three-time league MVP, a Super Bowl champion. We're hoping a two-time Super Bowl champion here in the next couple of weeks. And to have the courage of his convictions, everybody, you know, the detractors of Ted Thompson say, oh, he lucked into Aaron Rodgers and didn't do anything else. First of all, 
listening to that list that you just gave, that's a pile of crap. Second of all, trading Brett Favre. Listen to the people that talk about the 90s Packers and the 2000s Packers. Brett Favre was the Green Bay Packers and everything about that team and resurrecting that team back to life and absolutely understandable why they did the things that they did throughout that time frame as to why he reached that godlike status. To go to a conference championship game, watch Favre have a really good season in Mike McCarthy's second year, and then have the courage to say, nope, we're going with the guy I drafted. And we know who he, and if, if that doesn't work, Ted Thompson gets laughed out of the NFL and is not heard from ever again. Instead, Packers have one down season. They go six and 10. Then they're 11 and five. And in the playoffs, they lose a heartbreaker to Arizona and they win the Super Bowl that season after that. Thompson is a, like I mentioned, a Packers Hall of Famer. In my opinion, he deserves a street in Green Bay named after him. Uh, he built a very talented and a very good roster that has competed for the better part of a decade. Uh, you mentioned that they played in those conference title games, and you mentioned this team specifically. Brian Gutekunst had to do some heavy lifting. There's no question about that. But you look at the foundation that was in place for him. Aaron Rodgers, David Bakhtiari, Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams, Kevin King, Corey Lindsley, Mason Crosby, Jamal Williams, all Ted Thompson guys. And that's the rest of the roster did leave a little to be desired. I didn't even mention Kenny Clark. That being said, this team is not where it's at without Ted Thompson right now. And that guy deserves every bit of accolades. And I said this on Twitter shortly after his past, after he passed, he didn't do things the way that you wanted him to, you know, he wasn't going to win the headlines. He wasn't going to win free agency every off season. And that frustrated some people, but he was going to win. And that's what the Packers did for a really long time with Ted at the helm. And maybe the end wasn't great, but today's not the day to do your whole yeah, but with Ted Thompson. Yeah, but he only won one championship. Or yeah, but they could have won more with him. And he ruined this part of Aaron Rodgers. Or he held on to Mike McCarthy too long. Or I didn't like him or whatever. Ted Thompson's a legend. And even the end of his career, like you talk about these last couple draft classes where obviously the 2015 class is not great. But you mentioned he did give some final gifts to the Packers. His last act as a general manager. Robert Tunyon signs Devontae Adams, signs Corey Lindsley, all two extensions, or in Tunyon's case, signs him uh, to the team. All three of those guys are very important players to this Packers team down the stretch. He was not a great guy. If you want to talk about, you know, talking to the media and everything like that, he wasn't going to give you a great clip or anything like that. He was just going to give you a great team. And that's all you could ask for as a fan year in and year out is that your team is going to be in the mix. And realistically he built, I know they only won the one championship, but if you think about it, 2011 championship caliber team, they went 15 and one 2012. That team was very good championship caliber team, 2014 championship caliber team. It starts to taper off a little bit after that, but they are very realistically a championship caliber team because of that and deserve some credit for putting together the foundation of what is now a championship caliber team right now. This Packers team is not where they're at without Theodore Thompson, and he deserves every bit of accolade. I need to know what it takes, who I need to talk to, to get this man a street named after him in Green Bay, because for everybody that loves and worships the ground that Ron Wolf walks on, and rightfully so, Ron Wolf is a legend. He's a Hall of Famer. 
they won the same amount of championships with him as they did with Ted Thompson. So I, I always ask for the people that loved Wolf and hated Ted, what's the difference? The one Super Bowl appearance? Because that's ridiculous. What's the difference? Ron Wolf himself said famously after they lost to Denver, one hit wonder, nothing but a fart in the wind. Well, if that's the case, what's the difference between these two general managers? Ted Thompson deserves every bit of accolade and then some. And I'm happy to see the players. It's hard not getting emotional watching these guys talk about him and just how much you could tell based on what these players are saying, how much he cared about them and how much these players meant to him and how much he meant to them and the ability that he had to put together this roster on a yearly basis. And yeah, it did get frustrating at times, but they were always good. They were always there and he deserves everything he's gotten. And I hope, you know, wherever he's at that he's very proud of this team. And I hope if the Packers win their Super Bowl this season, that he gets the credit he deserves for it. Oh, for sure. And Ron Wolf, Ted Thompson was part of Ron Wolf's staff, and his he's he's part of the Ron Wolf tree. And you could argue which tree is which tree, but Ron Wolf would say right now that Ted Thompson deserves all those accolades that you just you just mentioned to him, and all and all those players that I mentioned. I didn't even I didn't even include the guys that he was smart enough to bring along with him, John Schneider, John Dorsey, Reggie McKenzie, all went on to get general manager jobs. Brian Gutekunst is now your GM of the Green Bay Packers. I didn't even talk about the countless hours Ted Thompson spent traveling, scouting, watching film of guys from schools. Some of these schools might not even exist anymore. And that was Ted. He he looked for the diamond in the rough. You want to talk about a fine, Robert Tunyon. What a, what a nice final gift. It couldn't be more fitting that he finds a guy like that who has just taken the NFL by storm this year in a year where the Packers needed him the most. When they've got a developing rookie and an aging Mercedes Lewis, they need a tight end. Robert Tunyon leads the league in touchdowns amongst tight ends. No one would have bet that at the beginning of this season. So all the work that he put in, Deserves a ton of credit. All the training camp darlings that Ted found every year from, I mean, since he arrived in Green Bay until he wasn't the GM anymore, one of the biggest stories every preseason was which undrafted free agent is going to make headlines this year, which undrafted free agent is going to become the darling, the Oneida all-star of this Green Bay Packers teams. And a lot of guys, a lot of guys became Big, big-time role players. I mentioned Tremont Williams, undrafted free agent. Sam Shields, guys like that, contributing big time. We know Ted didn't do much outside of free agent, Jake. You mentioned it. But if you listen to what they say about Ted Thompson today, and I'm spe- speaking specifically to Jason Wildy, who gave a, a, a fitting tribute and broke down a little bit today on Wildy and Tausch, and fittingly so, and, and he apologized on Twitter, and he shouldn't. It all apologized. We're all crying right now. This is all uh, – we're all sad to see Ted go. But one of the reasons why Ted didn't sign free agents again, whether you like it or not is because he believed so much in the work that his scouting team and his personnel team did to find his players. And he had a blue collar NFL career himself. And he wanted to give his guys all the chance to succeed that he could. The one common thread amongst everything I've heard about Ted Thompson was he was very transparent very to the point, very clear with his expectations, but he cared. The problem is that 
We didn't get to see a lot of that on on video and on camera because he didn't want to be on camera. He spoke to the media once a year. He was not in front of the camera and a microphone at all. He did it essentially the Marshawn Lynch. You know, I, I'm just here so I don't get fined. Ted Thompson spoke to the media only when he needed to. Uh, and again, emotions very high. I saw tributes on social media by Aaron Rodgers talking about how he'll always be grateful uh, for his bond to Ted being his first draft pick. Devontae Adams to, uh, thanking Ted Thompson for taking a chance on a kid from Fresno. Mike McCarthy with a really nice tribute talking about the opportunity Ted gave him to become a head coach and how Ted taught him patience and and was commonly telling him, slow down, young man, as when he was when he first became head coach of the Packers back in 2006. And this was, you know, Mike McCarthy, who was kind of cast away from the Packers organization, but this is all bigger than, than, than football. It's life. It's, it's, it's people. And that's, that's what this really comes down to. Ted Thompson was, was a man, a a man among men. And yeah, Jake, to your point, if Mike McCarthy has a street named after him and I, I, I'm not mad about it, Ted Thompson is way overdue. So maybe in about 48 hours, you and I are hopefully going to be sitting at the same table, socially distanced, of course, wearing masks, but hopefully getting a chance to clank a glass and uh, celebrate the game to come in Green Bay. And I'm really excited to see you and everybody else that we're going to be able to get together with. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to the game. I'm strictly coming out for the vibe. And I can tell you right now, I always very carefully plan my game day attire. I know you do the same. I will be wearing a Super Bowl uh, Packers Super Bowl uh, championship uh, T-shirt from 2010 under my jersey, and and as part of my game day get up on Sunday as a tribute to Ted Thompson. I'll be wearing the Woodson jersey. I usually wear the Jair, which you were kind enough to give me a couple of years ago. I'll bring it, uh, but I think I'm going to wear the Woodson on Sunday because that was the jersey that my dad used to wear on game day. And so, a lot of things to pay tribute to, a lot of things to celebrate. This weekend, and if we want to shift to the Packers and the game a little bit, Jake. And one Jamar- real thing before you do that is just a couple names that you didn't mention. Like you mentioned a few guys, obviously through there, but Nick Collins, BJ Raji, mm-hmm. um, James Jones, that entire Jermichael Finley, that entire. I mean, there's just we can keep going because for everybody that talks about, oh, he picked Dayton Jones, he picked Demarius Randall, like there's a lot more good than bad guys. Like there are so many good players that came through green Bay that you're like, man, Ted. And he found that guy. I'm glad you mentioned Sam Shields. Cause that was an undrafted free agent. The Packers don't win the super bowl without him. Maybe the best NFC championship game performance green Bay's had since Dorsey Levins in 1996. I mean, yeah, because keep, keep in mind, Jake, I know you're going to say it in a minute. The Packers for as many NFC championship games as they've been to over the past 10 years, have not really turned in a, a good one. No. And you no, need next you, and you need players like that to step up and have a big day when your team isn't playing their best. And that includes guys like Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. And the next NFC title game that Aaron Rodgers plays well in will be the first one. And hopefully it's going to be on Sunday and it's against Tom Brady. And I think Aaron's got enough motivation this time around for various reasons to make sure that he does play well and breaks that trend of his performances in the NFC Championship game. I think the defense is also up to the task of making sure that he's not behind the sticks and not behind the eight ball all the time. And speaking of that defense, it got a boost on Thursday when the Packers brought back after much rumor 
Veteran cornerback Tremont Williams, the high riser, is back in Green Bay. Brian Gutekunst does it again, taking advantage of this rule in the NFL this year that practice squad players can be signed if they're done playing for their former team. The Baltimore Ravens released Tremont Williams earlier this week, probably to give him this opportunity to come play for the Packers after Baltimore was eliminated from the postseason. A week prior, Green Bay signed Jared Valdir after the Colts lost. Tremont Williams is back, and I don't care if he doesn't even suit up for the NFC Championship game or the Super Bowl. You bring him back because he was such a part of everything over the past 10 years. He was part of Super Bowl 45 team that did win a championship, and this adds one more player on the roster. Now there are three players on the current roster that were on the Super Bowl championship team, Aaron Rodgers, Mason Crosby, and Tremont Williams. He's as good as a coach out there. This was rumored earlier in the week. Jake, but when you when you first heard the Packers were were going to do this, first of all, did you know this was going to happen? And secondly, when you heard this was going down, how giddy did it make you? Boy, your 38 jersey's out. He's back home. Uh, I love it. Tremont is one of my – he's not in that first tier of guys like Woodson and Rodgers and players like that that are like my all-time favorite players, but he's in that next tier. And I'll always remember, speaking of tier, Tremont Williams is the guy who broke up the last pass in the Super Bowl and turned me into a – a sobbing child. So obviously he'll always have that memory for me as well. And something I think that can help is he's seen that moment, the highest of the highs and also the lowest of the lows. The last touchdown of the debacle in Seattle was over Tremont Williams. And that's something that obviously I think can help some of these young guys of like, Hey, I know you're having a tough go right now, but I've seen this and you're going to get the next one. You're going to make the next play. You're going to do the next thing that helps you here. And to answer your question directly, you're not bringing the guy in for a visit to not sign him. So once they're like, oh, he's he's in Green Bay, it's like, okay, so he's signing. It's just a matter of what's his role going to be, if anything, or is he just essentially a veteran presence and a coach on the sidelines, essentially, for, for some of the players. But this is something we've talked about on Pulse. We've talked about it all season long. I didn't understand all season why he wasn't, because clearly, as you could see, the last couple of weeks, Josh Jackson and Kadar Holman have been healthy scratches. They don't have any faith in their cornerback room outside of Jair, Kevin King, and Shannon Sullivan. So now your question last week, your dime back is Will Redmond. I would rather have Tremont Williams covering someone like Scotty Miller or Gronk or Cameron Brait or someone like that than Will Redmond. And I don't know if Green Bay is going to use him in that capacity, if they're just going to do special teams and have him back there to fair catch punts, you know, what their thought is on that. Maybe they'll have him return kickoffs instead of Malik Taylor. I don't know, but I'm giddy. He is still good. I'm not asking him to cover Mike Evans one-on-one. If you do that, I think you're asking him to fail, but he is good enough to do something for this team. How much? I don't think he's going to be the difference between getting them to the Super Bowl versus not. If he is, then your team's probably not good enough anyways. But he is good enough to do some things different and give them a little bit of a boost and give them that you know, hype moment potentially throughout the course of the week to where everybody's like, oh, man, Tremont's back. Like That's awesome. That's a great feeling. And the players having that feeling that we had when we saw he was there because the players to a man have talked about how much he taught them and how much he's been able – to do things and teach them how to be a professional and watch. And those are things this week that are a huge deal. They're playing Tom Brady. You're not tricking Tom Brady. Like you're not going to cover to trap him and have him not know that that's what you're running. 
Tom Brady's seen everything. He's done everything. That's why he's consensus considered the greatest quarterback of all time. Being in position, knowing what to do and being assignment sure is absolutely of the utmost importance this week. And I think that's something that Tremont can help with, even though he's only going to have been here for three days by the time they kick off on Sunday afternoon. Imagine being Vernon Scott, Kamal Martin, Chris Barnes, and hearing stories about this guy. Now here he comes into the building and, and during a week like this, it's your young guys that haven't been here before that need that steady eddy, steady presence, the voice of reason to tell them, Hey, look, we've got a goal in front of us and we have to stay focused. Now that's going to kind of take care of itself to an extent because of COVID and the teams are going to have to be careful with where they go and where they can go. And there's a lot of things this year that are kind of policing some of the player activity that might happen off the field, but that's where Tremont is so valuable. That's where he's, that's where he's so key to what it is that the Packers want to accomplish, which is to win a Super Bowl. And as fans, we all want that to happen as well. And I'm really excited that the high riser is back in the building. So you talked a little bit about Tom Brady, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Tom Brady's seen it all. For all of that and everything that Brady's accomplished, it's still the NFC. And it's it's not really the, the NFC is not Brady's domain. This has not been his domain. It's it's impressive that he's gonna in a conference championship game here, but he's been in it. AFC guy for a long time. And there's been a lot of, and maybe I'm just watching too, too much green Bay Packers slanted coverage, people tweeting, whatever, but it just, it just seems like Tampa Bay is just kind of the other team in this matchup. Green Bay is getting a lot of play. They're at home. It just, all the stars are aligning. You've got Ted Thompson, David Bakhtiari goes down Win win for David Bakhtiari. There's all sorts of reasons why the Packers should go, win a huge game, but Jake, we've seen the Packers in prime positions before not come through. And I'm looking at 2011, a 15 and one team that just was beating everybody and and just outscoring everybody. And they were going to outscore everyone on their way to another championship. And they didn't even win a single playoff game. So there's still three hours. So still four quarters to play on Sunday. You've got a, a smart quarterback like Tom Brady. If you're Mike Pettin, what is your mantra? going into this going into this game because Mike Pettin has been accused before and I've heard many people say well Pettin just throws his defense out there and just says well okay this is what I'm running I guess if you can beat it congrats but what else do you do if you're Mike Pettin and Tom Brady has seen everything like you said well I think that it's a game plan that may frustrate some folks but I think it's very simple Preston Smith Zadarius Smith Rashawn Gary Kenny Clark those boys better have their chin straps buckled up because you have to rush with four and cover with seven because if you blitz Brady, you're going to struggle. And you saw it last week. That was kind of the Saints plan. They were able to get some pressure. You have to time your blitzes correctly, but you can't win by blitzing Tom Brady. He's the smartest guy there. He's going to know when that's coming and know exactly where his hot is and get it out. And I think this week is a big week for those pass rushers that I just mentioned. And the Packers have spent a lot of money and draft capital on their pass rush. This is the week they need those guys to be those dudes and make those plays. Patton said today that they're going to throw their fastball when asked about facing against Tom Brady. And I hope he means that. And I hope that, you know, he means that they're going to be aggressive and they're going to go after these guys and play a style that they have played recently. They played more man coverage last week because they're not worried about 
Brady's ability to escape. Very similar to the way they played against Jared Goff. And I think that you can do some things against Brady that you can do against Goff. And I don't mean that, obviously, they're two completely different levels of quarterbacks when I talk about those guys, but their abilities to move in the pocket are the same, which is basically none. You have to be able to push the pocket against him and you have to rush with four. You look at when the when Brady has struggled or his team has lost in bigger games, the Giants twice able to rush with four with OC and Michael Strahan and Justin Tuck, and then the Broncos with Von Miller and some of those guys they had, and the Eagles even to some degree with Brandon Graham and Chris Long and those guys like that. I think this is a huge week for Zadarius Smith and Rashawn Gary and Kenny Clark to get some of those matchups on the interior and to get after him, and they're going to have to do that. I don't expect the Packers to shut down Tampa Bay. I think you're asking for a lot if you're asking them to do that. But can you hold them to 24 points? Because 24, I think, is a number that Green Bay can score 27, 34, something like that. And I think if you can do that, then Green Bay is going to be in a prime position to win this game. But it really starts with, yeah, it's going to be a very vanilla kind of game plan to the casual observer of pressure with four. And that'll be frustrating because fans will say, what's Patton doing? Why is he not doing more? But to beat Brady, that's what you have to do. Rush four and cover with the guys on the back end. And I think they can. They have the guys to do that. They just have to do it. Yeah, that's... You're, you're, that is going to be foreign territory, but we've seen the Packers rise up and play huge in big spots. And this team is well coached. Matt LaFleur has got this team ready to go for all the flack that Mike Pettin has give has been given. I think Mike Pettin is ready to do some damage here. I don't think I don't think he wants to be the one that's going to screw this thing up. And it's not going to be for lack of talent and lack for lack of game plan and lack of effort. Tom Brady's one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. He's not going to be swayed or intimidated one bit by the weather on Sunday, which by the way is is actually going to be one of the warmer days of the week. There is a chance of snow. There's a 50% chance of snow on Sunday, but it's actually 28 degrees for the high. It's going to be dropping as the game moves along. It's a, a, a 3 p.m. start or 2 p.m. start, and it, it'll be dark by the time the game is over with, so the temperature will continue to drop. But that's not something that's going to shake and rattle Tom Brady. I think it's one of the reasons why we were hoping that maybe Drew Brees and the Saints could pull a rabbit out of a hat and beat the Bucks, so that a dome team would have to come to Green Bay, and it would be a much much different story. We all know about the offense. We all know about Aaron Rodgers. A lot has been said about that. We've talked about it a bunch on our own shows. I would. I want to ask you a question, and I, I want to point something out. Since 2007, this is the sixth time the Packers have reached the conference championship game. That's almost half of the years in the last 13 that Green Bay's been in a conference championship weekend. So go back to 2007, because I'm trying to pick years where you were probably more engrossed in following the team compare this team and the chance you're giving them to win on Sunday with any of the other teams that went to the NFC championship game. We're, we're two days, three days away from this game, which how are you feeling now compared to those better than any other? I think this team is the most well-rounded. The, I take that back. Uh, when they played Chicago, I was very confident they would beat Chicago. They were on a roll. They had just blown the doors off of Atlanta that defense was very good. The Packers offense was rolling. I didn't think Chicago could stay with Green Bay. If you scored 21 points, I thought that was going to be enough to win a game like that. This team is second. You go back to 2007, that Packers team was kind of young and dumb, and you kind of had that thought in the back of your head of, man, what if Favre screws this thing up? You don't have that concern with Aaron Rodgers, obviously. You go back to 14, 
really good team playing in hell. 2016, magic carpet ride. And they get to a game where they just run into a buzzsaw. Last season, run into a team they're probably not any as good as. And they they weren't. I think that was proven twice. They got their ass kicked by them twice. And the 49ers just kind of blew them off the field. This team should not get blown off. Green Bay may not win on Sunday. But if they don't, it's not going to be because they were very obviously an inferior team like they were the last two times they played on Championship Sunday. This is a team and a game where the Packers are favored. They haven't been favored in an NFC Championship game since 2010 when they played against Chicago. And there's good reason for that because in 14, like I mentioned, House of Horrors, 2016, overmatched. 2019, overmatched. This team is not overmatched. They have the best offense in the NFL. They've exercised every demon along the way. They just blew the doors off the number one defense in the NFL. I'm excited. And I remember like the moment that I had this week was on Monday. I walked out of work and I was talking to somebody about, you know, the game and how everything's going to go and how the AFC looks and all that stuff. And he was kind of like, yeah, man, y'all got a tough one. And I was like, yeah, it's Brady. I was like, but that's just going to make it all the sweeter if they win. And I just kind of walked out of the building and I smiled and I said, it's, it's gotta be time. Doesn't it? It's gotta be their time. It just feels like it's their time. You mentioned it feels like the stars are aligning in green Bay's favor. And it does feel that way. And I do, I know this too. If they lose on Sunday, almost no matter what way it may end up being more heartbreaking than any of the ones previously, just because it feels like this team is the team to not only win this weekend, but win in two weeks in Tampa, Florida and be Super Bowl champions. Whereas even in 2014, had they beaten Seattle, I'm not as confident as everyone else is that they beat New England two weeks later. Right. Another matchup against Bill Belichick and company. I think that's a tough one. This team, I think, I think they match up well with Kansas City if that's who they have to play. Kansas City will probably be favored, but I think they can beat them and I think they can beat Buffalo. This has been the best team in the NFC from wire to wire. It just hasn't been noticed because the national narrative surrounding the Packers this season was regression, not going to be as good, didn't give the quarterback any help in their draft, and we don't want to acknowledge the fact that we were wrong. Well, national media, listen to me when I say this, you were wrong. This Packers team is the best one in the NFC. Now, that doesn't mean they're going to win on Sunday, but they've been the best team in the NFC all season long, and they're going to prove it again on Sunday afternoon. Well, there also has never been a Super Bowl participant that's played on their home field. And I don't know about you, but I don't want these Packers to be the first team to let that happen on their watch. And I and I would say that if the NFL wants to help in any way, sure, go ahead. Why not, right? Because we all know what the media wants, what advertisers want, what the NFL itself wants. And they're going to play the game. they got to play it out and they've got to earn it. But I trust the Packers to step up big time. And, and even if they don't win on Sunday, I think we'll see some special moments out there. And it's it's not going to be a beatdown and a blowout of any sorts. So I don't know if I'll be back on the mic before the game starts, but glad to have you on the show here. And for those of you that don't know, obviously Jake runs Game On Wisconsin. He's the, the brain trust behind the engine that is the site. Accomplished a lot of things in our first year. We got the site launched. We had the Jamal Williams show, the swag bag giveaway, all sorts of other giveaways and partnerships and, and things that got us a lot of notice. We made some national, uh, got some national recognition. Congratulations. I don't remember if you were weenie one or weenie two, that was but one. weenie number one. So that was big, but it has been a great season and it would be only so fitting that we launch and, and accomplish such a huge feat ourselves personally and this team 
gives us a Super Bowl to cover. And you and I have been podcasting on Pulse of the Pack for the past six years. And it has long been our goal and our dream to podcast and recap and cover a Packers Super Bowl. So on top of Game On Wisconsin, you can find Jake over at Packer Report. He's on Twitter, at Jacob Westendorf. Jake, any final words for the Quick Slants crew and audience before we sign off? Yeah, Packers 34, Bucks 24. I think Green Bay is the better team. Uh, I think they'll prove that on Sunday afternoon. I think that they've been the best team all season, and I think they just need to prove it one more time. And I, I want to encourage you guys as much as I can, don't let the fear of defeat rob you from the joy that could be this potential victory on Sunday because what's going to happen is Green Bay is going to win this game, and then we are all going to be – those of us that are in Green Bay, we're going to party like it's 1996, and I can't wait. It's a, it's a special time. It's a special moment. And this is a special team. And this is what you dream about. If you're a sports fan, if I had told you at the beginning of the season, green Bay is going to have a chance to go to the super bowl and win it. I would have asked you, how do you want that to go down? You would have said, well, they silence some doubters. They have a big season from Aaron Rodgers, and they beat Tom Brady along the way. Now they have every opportunity to do that. And I think they're going to. And I think this has a very special chance to be a special day in Green Bay Packers history and win it for Ted, you know, get it, get it done for the guy that did it for us as long as he did and give us that opportunity to uh, get into another Super Bowl. And I think he deserves that opportunity, that clout, if you will, and that ability to, you know, be recognized as one of the all time greats at his position. So I think this is a big weekend. I think the Packers have a really good opportunity in front of them, and I think they're going to take advantage of it. This team will not be denied. Packers, Bucks, kicking off championship, conference championship weekend. They're the first game. Then we get to sit back and relax and see who the who the Packers are going to face. The Kansas, Chiefs. the Kansas City Chiefs in Super Bowl LV. In fact. You know, why not save a little bit of money? I know that the revenues have been down this year, Jake. So my idea is why don't why don't the Packers just plan on hopping on the plane that's going to take Tampa back home and head on down to Tampa at the same time? Everybody, you know, they the Packers have some big shoulders the Bucks can cry on all the way home back to Tampa Bay. And then Green Bay's in town and ready to go and prepping for one of the biggest games in their in their their lives. And Aaron Rodgers wants this one. It's a chance for him to win a second Super Bowl, something his predecessor and legend Brett Favre, as much as we loved him and saw a lot of magical moments, could not do. It is Packers-Bucks on Sunday. I've got the Packers winning. I don't exactly know what score it's going to be. But get over to Game on Wisconsin. A lot of great coverage. There is a really cool article that Dan Kotnick put up over at Game on Wisconsin. That is a nice tribute to Ted Thompson. Everybody, we've got one more day. It's almost Freaky Friday, and then we're into Conference Championship Weekend. Everybody stay warm. Be safe and go Paco. Rodgers fakes the handoff. Quick throw right side. There's Devontae from right to left. Cutting left to the 50, to the 45, 40. Track down from behind. 